This is Everyday Seeker, Real Talk for the New Age, and I'm your host, Rebecca Muir. You can find us online at everydayseeker.net and on Facebook and Instagram. Please connect with us. I love, you know, getting, I love connecting with all of you. I love seeing what you do. I follow back. <laughs> um, so today we are talking about lucid dreaming, which is a fascinating topic. Joining the conversation with me this morning is Dallas Thornton, who is a songwriter, performer, producer and a self-proclaimed closet quantum theory nerd and life enthusiast and avid lucid dreamer. So welcome, Dallas. Hey, thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, so thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us in this conversation. So you have said before that the dream state is a window into something else and that the function of dreaming is to help us evolve our consciousness. <laughs> do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, well, essentially, uh, so just to sort of organize my, my thoughts a little more um, so that you can kind of hold me to what I'm going to say. Um, I'd like to talk a bit about the benefits of lucid dreaming for, yeah. for people so that they sort of understand um, on, a, on a fundamental level what, what we're dealing with a little bit. Um, I want to talk a bit about my personal experience and um, sort of how the, the dreaming in, in what, what we call waking life relates to dreaming and sleeping life. Um, and also sort of like a how-to guide on, on what to do to, to be lucid yourself. Um, and that sort of thing. So that's um, so perfect. Thank you. <laughs> cool. So, um, so to answer your question, I guess uh, the best idea would just be to start at the top, yeah. which would be um, it's not just fun to dream, but it's important. Um, and I'm going to keep coming back to that because that's that's um, that's. If I had to pick a thesis for this, that would be that would be it to me. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so the three main things that that sort of come to mind for me um, for benefits of lucid dreaming, particularly in my own experience, are fun and the confidence that um, of which lucidity in sleeping life and dreaming life bleeds into your waking life. Um, yes. The healing process, which uh, is crucial to our development and self-actualization as human beings and beings in general. And then insight, which is um, something that I think we all have a desire for. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) That sounds amazing. All right, cool. So, um, so a a bit about me. So sort of why I began um, being obsessed with the topic is, in high school, I was doing everything right. I um, had a, a pretty wicked GPA, and you know, I was applying to colleges and doing doing all that stuff. And I assumed that this the pit that I felt in my stomach was normal. That's the weight of everyday life mm-hmm. that I was feeling, and I took that for granted. I just assumed, hey, that's just the way that it feels. Um, <laughs> certainly, it couldn't have to do with my environment because. Um, you know, I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, which has over 300 days of sunshine a year. Everything's everything's good. I just had to, you know, keep my head down and make it through high school, and um, that would lead me to college, which would lead me to the rest of the world and money and and um, and something that 
um, people would say is successful. But a funny thing happened while I was nearing the end there where I, I realized that there was something missing. There was something kind of empty. And I started looking at that, that knot in, in my stomach, um, the, metaphysically speaking, you know, sure. in my, my imagination. And, um, and I thought, there's no way that that is just natural. You know, I, I mean, it's not that I wasn't a happy person or that I wasn't, you know, feeling like things were, uh, you know, I, I had my ups and downs like everybody, but there's this thing that was always there. And when I looked at it, I suddenly had this epiphany one day where I had that feeling, you know, the feeling when you, you've lost your cell phone, you reach down your pocket and, you <laughs> and it's, like, it's like, oh shit. That's <laughs> right? an awesome analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you get that like that little tingle, that like kind of hot feeling on the top of your head, and your yes. heart drops for just a second. You're like, oh shit, where like I lost this. Well, I had that, except the thing that it was was something that I had had when I was a child, and I realized that I didn't have it then. It wasn't it wasn't on my person. I was I was like I, I lost something, and it was what I would call um, you know fundamentally speaking the the imagination. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, first of all, too, and let me just say that I think you are the youngest guest that we've had as well. And so the fact that you're just amazing, you amaze me. So to have this kind of consciousness about you at this age is just like mind blowing to me. But carry oh. on. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so basically, I, I knew that I, I had some work to do and I decided to take a year off um, from from school and go to, um, you know, work, travel, dream, record an album, um, sort of get into, try to figure out this whole God thing. uh, (laughs) Just figure it out, you know, and I'll take a year and figure that all out. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Just a a, a brief year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and generally integrate with my inner child, which, um, I had never been a fan of like, self-help books or like that the any anything that had to do with that I was always kind of um judgmental towards towards anything that had to do with like um that sort of sensitivity of like yeah you have to be your inner child and whatnot but I realized (laughs) I suddenly that I had to it was just (laughs) I didn't really have an option yeah it sounds so so cheesy the way that it's put forth a lot of the time in various self-help books um but you come to realize at a certain point that it's actually true. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm having that now too. About <laughs> yeah. ten years later than you, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so so anyway, so I, I knew that I had to do something, and um, I started uh, re- doing some research, and um, and one of the the things that I found was books on dreaming. Um, started reading, you know, the Carlos Castaneda series, and um, and a book on uh, those that's written from a Tibetan uh, point of view on the topic of dreaming. Started researching some of the history on dreaming and and realized that it's it's really this sort of gateway that I was looking for, um, wow. among among other things, of course. But it was it's been um, crucial in my development as a person and in my undoing of that knot in my in my stomach. And now I'm. I'm super happy and excited about life and have a, a totally different viewpoint on life. And um, it all comes, I think, from that, that point of untangling. 
Wow, so that knot is gone now, huh? Yeah, I would say so. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, weight, weight comes and goes um, in the human experience, but the thing that remains is, uh, is it, it's, it doesn't have any perceivable weight or anything. You know, it's, it's, it's that light. And, um, and dreaming is, is a direct connection to that light without the distraction of, um, of this external stimuli of, of, the, of the world as, as you're trying to figure things out. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, that's that. I'll, I'll start on the topic of fun. So yeah. fun first, because <laughs> that's the, that's that's what I believe. So let's let's have you know dessert first. Um, I love it. The confidence of lucidity uh, bleeds into waking life. So this the, the, these are the the two kind of things that I'm talking about. Um, so first of all lucidity in dreaming for for anybody who doesn't know um what it is it's waking up in a dream realizing that you're dreaming and therefore being able to control what's happening in the dream so you can manifest a dream that you want you can you can go fly you can um you know eat what food you want you can have sex with somebody <laughs> that you know <laughs> your your forte you know um <laughs> you could win a Grammy. Yeah, you could. That's yeah. That's a. That's There's a good another one. one. You should do that one definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um. So um. So there's a. You can really just have a blast. And I, the way I figure it, you know, you're you're sleeping every night, hopefully, and <laughs> <laughs> and you're waking up in the daytime. There's a lot of stuff that one has to do that isn't maybe as much uh, direct fun in waking life, you may as well be having a blast and getting, you know, squeezing the lemon of your, of your sleeping life because over, over time, the statistic is something like we spend, um, you'll spend something like seven solid years in the dream state. Oh my God, that's incredible. You know, <laughs> right? and just as a side note, I was speaking to my roommate yesterday about the fact that, like, she had a, a I don't know if you'd use the word nightmare, but it was, she was dreaming about work. And it was work stresses. You know what I mean? She was like, I do this shit all day. <laughs> I don't want to do it in my sleep too, you know? And I remember, yeah. you know, when I was a server in my early 20s, I used to, I wasn't very good at it. And I used to dream every night that I was, you know, oh, my, the drinks aren't up for this table and I haven't bust this table. And, you know, it's like crazy, right? So yeah. I, lo I feel like what you're saying is actually hitting me kind of hard right now. Um, just the fact that, that we can use this state to have a good time because so many of us do suffer in our dreams. So anyway, yeah. um, just as a quick side note, carry on. I'd yeah. like to hear more about how, to, how to accomplish that. I had those dreams all the time working in a restaurant <laughs> as well. It's oh, The server dreams are the yeah. craziest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, so, um, so that's sort of the fun aspect of it. Also when you when you start being lucid when you start having these lucid dreams it's this you you have this self-actualizing power that bleeds into whatever you do in your waking in your waking existence oh and um, to be more powerful and lucid in your waking life leads to uh, more lucid dreams and so it's this self-fulfilling <laughs> oh process of the 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 more in tune you get the more in tune you get oh my God, it's a positive it's, feedback loop Exactly. Wow. Yeah. 
which thank God for that because uh, <laughs> yeah. there are too many of those, you know. That's true. Um, so, and I'll get to that when we start talking about the practical, technical aspect of, of what to do to be lucid and, and how to do fun things like fly. Um, but... <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, date your favorite celebrity crushes and whatnot. Right, of right. course. Yeah. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but first I'd like to talk a little bit about um, the connection between this dream of waking life and the dream of sleeping life. Um, because yeah. I think that that's, that's important to, to keep in mind um, because people have this thought that when you go to sleep and you dream that you're not dreaming or that the experience isn't real. <laughs> and, I see, right. I see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it but, is because it's real to you in that moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the, essentially, wherever your attention lies is your reality. Absolutely. A hundred percent. As you believe it is so. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And as a, as a brief example of that, just to, <laughs> to prove I'm serious, is, uh, you know, you, if you're, I'm, so I'm sitting here, I'm in Boston right now, and if I cover my eyes, I, I can still hear, but if I then cover my ears um, and I separate myself from, from anything that I can touch um, or taste, um, ex except for, you know, the, the, the roof of my mouth or what have you, I'm, I'm shutting off these, these five senses which we experience this world through, and um, the more of them that I shut off, the more similar my experience would be to being, you know, back home in Colorado, or to being mm. in Costa Rica with my with my host family, or whatever it is. Wow. And at a certain point, you have to start asking, well, so if I, if I close my eyes, I'm still here, I'm still having this experience, my eyes are just closed, right? But um, it's sort of like the old, uh, the old question of uh, what makes you 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 know you cut off your arm you're still you, you cut off your arm, you <laughs> right. cut off the legs right in the torso the well at what point are you no longer you it's <laughs> <laughs> a good question all right <laughs> so so at what point are you no longer experiencing a reality or or what what constitutes reality and the answer is attention it's um if your attention is 100 somehow 100% fixed on uh, this bite of a marshmallow that you're taking and somehow you're able to arrest 100% of your attention on on this this experience of eating this marshmallow your life is a marshmallow <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just picked marshmallow by the way it's great yeah yeah absolutely yeah so um, so in, and in that sense you know, you, you go into dreaming, and the only reason that we call memory or dreaming or um, simple imagination, uh, or the only way that we're able to differentiate between those things, is the level of attention with which we're fixing on it. For example, um, in your waking life, you have to, say you're walking to work, and on your way to work, you have to, you know, you're, you're walking, you're, you're, your body knows how to walk very easily, so that's not arresting too much of your attention, but you have to make sure that um, you know that where you're going, walking in a straight line, so you don't get hit by a car or <laughs> run into somebody, um, and you're constantly scanning every face that you see, 
um, in varying levels of attention, maybe consciously, maybe unconsciously, but yeah. scanning every single face that you see to make sure that um, you're not going to pass by a friend that you should have said hello to. Or, or a threat. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Or a threat. So yeah. um, you may have a conversation. During the course of that conversation, you're thinking of um, your response to what they're saying. Currently, you're listening to what they're saying, processing it. You're also thinking, um, oh, shit, I didn't bring my lunch. You're also thinking, well, how much time do I have? You know, there's this clock ticking in the back of your head, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so during waking life, even the mundane uh, is filled with our attention being spread into lots of little areas that we don't often think about. And um, in when we're dreaming, our attention is solely on whatever's happening in the dream. And, mm-hmm. um, and if we're unconscious in the dream, if we're not dreaming it lucidly, then that's, it feels less real because there's simply less attention that we're paying to what's happening. Sure. So um, science tells us you know, there's uh, no physiological difference between the experience of a memory an imagination mm-hmm. or a waking experience. Oh yeah, that and I really believe that to be true. Um, absolutely, a hundred percent. And you know, it also has a parallel to even just being being awake. So not even dealing with dreams or or being asleep. But you know, it's like when you hold a, a positive thought versus a negative thought, and how you feel instantly. Like your entire reality shifts around what you hold in your head. And I've talked yeah. myself out of panic attacks that way in a split second. I mean, it's really absolutely unbelievable. It's like you're almost shifting into another dimension, like instant, yeah. instantly. So it makes sense that 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 would um, that that would spill over into yeah these other states of consciousness as well, like dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, um, so then what, what we're dealing with is the nature of consciousness. And that's something that people don't think about when they go to sleep and, you know, they've had a rough day or whatever and they're, they're, they're just going to go to sleep now, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what happens. <laughs> it's totally not what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the the difference between waking life and sleep and and what we're, what you're dreaming is um, a paradigm. It's when we're dreaming or when we're awake here, uh, you know, because of course the only difference is is the amount of attention. So so um, how do you how do you know what's a dream and what's what's this dream? Like which which dream is what we call waking life and what we call sleep? <laughs> right, because they say often dreams are like life is but a dream, right? So it's like a dream within right. a dream, and then yeah. that's like a whole other rabbit hole. Right, um, and the answer is these um, the different paradigms have included in them different laws of physics. So here in waking life, we all have to abide by the laws um, like gravity. <laughs> <laughs> and that time moves forward always, um, that entropy must increase, etc. Right. But in the dreaming world, in, in sleeping, in the sleep dream, those laws of physics are uh, possible variables. <laughs> which is, which no, I just think this is amazing. I've never really thought about this before. You're kind of blowing my mind here. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do go on. All right. 
So um, William Blake said, everything to be imagined is an image of truth. So uh, in once you climb into your own skull, essentially, uh, you are left with an entire uh, universe unto itself. In fact, um, to be more precise, you're left with multiple universes unto itself because um, the what's called the fractal nature of the universe is that everything inside is a projection of everything outside and everything outside is a projection of everything inside. Sure. So, um, I'm whole, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> got <on>. it. <laughs> no, I think I do actually. I do, I, do, cool. I do got it, but yeah. So I can walk around <laughs> in daily life and I'll, I'm having that experience and then I can no longer be walking around, lay down, go to sleep, and walk around and have that same experience. But um, in, in, in the case of the waking dream, waking life, uh, we are, or so in the case of sleeping life, we are dreaming our own dream, which means that we can imagine uh, other laws of physics. We can imagine that you don't need to abide by gravity so you can fly. Um, we can imagine that uh, locality doesn't exist so you can teleport from one place to the next simply by um, envisioning it to be. And why? Because um, the threads that are holding the fabric of the reality together mm-hmm. are your threads. They're, they're, they're your threads. Yeah. And so, yeah, and so like um, in Waking Life, when you put your, your hands over your eyes and then you cover your ears and you, you do that, that process and suddenly you could be anywhere, well, um, what happens then when you're doing that and you simply imagine that you're on a beach and then you say, okay, well, then the smell that I'm going to smell is beach, beach air, right? The feel that I'm going to feel is the breeze going by me. The sights that I'm going to see are... Um, you know, seagulls and waves and, and kids playing, women in bikinis and whatever. And, um, and suddenly the, the experience is so, it, because you're able to arrest so, much of your atten- arrest so much of your attention on the dream because you're not um, experiencing external stimuli, all those little things that in waking life drive us mad yeah. uh, because you constantly have to be spider webbing out that way. Instead, you create every aspect of that experience and suddenly you have this dream thing. And, um, and so you are the dreamer when you're dreaming, whereas in waking life, essentially, um, somebody else is the dreamer. And in religion, we call that dreamer God. God, yeah. Right? This is, yeah, exactly. Although so many people in on the spiritual path these days also believe that we, you know, have the power, we are power, you know, we are God also, and we have the power to create our our own reality. Um, But it does seem to be harder to do (laughs) in waking life. I I know exactly what you're getting at, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and and I believe that, too. Um, And uh, you need look no further than your own dreams to, to find that that's, indeed the case because all, <laughs> although you're the dreamer in your dream something somebody will all right I'll, I'll tell you about a, a dream that I had um, just a few nights ago yes um, <laughs> I, I was I was uh I was in this canyon this this big canyon looking over great water surrounded by um a, a lot of friends and and people who I knew from from back home and and through my history and 
we were climbing around on these rocks and this uh, this one fellow was messing around and undid a boulder and hit, got hit in the head with a boulder and fell down the canyon. And um, my friend's dad um, raced down the canyon, picked him up, hoisted him over his shoulder and, and, and um, ran up the canyon and um, said, you know, we need to get this, this guy to a hospital. And so I offered to, to come with and, and, and help get this fellow to a hospital, help carry him and, and whatnot. Um, and somebody, though, had stolen my shoes. <laughs> so I love dreams. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Someone so stole your shoes in the canyon. It's great. <laughs> right. So I couldn't go anywhere because, you know, I can't hike down without my shoes. Are you crazy? So um, we go to where we stored our shoes, and we're looking through all of them. Of course, they all look the same, and they're all uh, shifting shape because that's what happens because um, your your subconscious is often, I don't know about yours, but mine is quite a joker. Oh, yeah. And um, I noticed that uh, this this little this little fellow, he's, he's not really a, a young boy, but he's super short, almost elf-like. Um, he's stolen my shoes. He's, he's wearing my shoes. And, <laughs> and um, there's no time to argue, so I say, so I, I grab this other pair of shoes, and, and I say, you know, we're going to deal with this on the way. And so, so I, I get us moving, I get us moving, and, and over the course of it, this, this kid is just really bothering me. He is just doing things to really, really bother me. And, um, and he's, he's just setting me off. You know, he won't give me back my shoes, and uh, I'm trying to be nice and, you know, take the, take the path of no resistance. But alas, um, the, the little fellow is, is taunting me and, and saying all these things. And, and my thought is, which is not a thought that I, I ever have, because I'm, I'm, I'm usually, you know, the, the smaller of the two. I'm 5'7", I'm and, and uh, you know, it's, it's sort of always been that way. And, um, and my thought has always been, you know, be, be smarter, be kinder, be, um, wiser than, and, and that's sort of the, the key to victory. Like be, be, um, have better intentions and all that. But, but this little brat, you know, and, and, (laughs) and finally he says something and it just sets me off and I, I grab him by the shirt collar and I push him up, you know, I throw him, throw him over against this, um, this surface, some surface, some wall. And, um, and he starts sort of yelling at me and, and I'm yelling at him and, and I'm feeling the physiological response, right? My, my lungs are, are, are puffing up. My heart is beating quickly. I, my adrenaline's pumping and I'm ready to fight. And, um, and suddenly, boom, it hits me that, uh, I, I, I think, what am I doing? Why, why would I be mad right now? Why would I be mad? And, and that's, that's what triggered me into my, lucid, in, into my state of lucidity. Because you're like, I, this would not happen in normal life. This, right. is not, this is not me. This is not how I normally behave. This is, yeah. Exactly. Wow. And, and so this, this character that I created, um, call me in this paradigm God, because I, I created the dream, right? Yeah. And my, my created the dream. Um, and this character is very real and has set me off and has changed the the nature of the dream. It was this lovely, um, you know, uh, hanging out with friends and family at the canyon. But some character within the dream changed the nature of the dream. Um, and at that point, I uh, I looked at him and I started laughing. I started belly laughing and I put out my arms and I said, "Come here." And you know, Come here. <laughs> I said, "I love you, man." And and uh, he embraced me, and they were the arms of a of a of a close friend, like you know, almost a brother. And and we embraced, and, and he said, "I love you too, man." And oh. you know, it's just a total, you know. Um, wow. Uh, 
a healing moment. And suddenly my, I, I dropped something, um, something that was uh, another sort of like pit feeling in my stomach. And I had come to terms with some aspect of my subconscious, which was that, that nitpicky nature, you know, my obsessive compulsive thing that I, that I, um, that I struggle with simply because I, I want things to be, you know, ordered and, and in their, in the right place and, and right in the world. Right. But, um, but my point is that if, if this character that I created can change the nature of the dream, then you and I, who are uh, characters in the greater dream, can, of course, change every bit. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I just, no, I'm just taking that in. I mean, this is no, nothing different than so much of what I've been reading in new age literature for years but sometimes you just hear it a certain way and it just gets in Hmm, Uh, so yeah thanks (laughs) it's so true yeah Yeah, i mean and also that's the concept that's that's with the premise that all that dreams are meaningful and that they're working with the subconscious as well right Right. so so many people are like ah dreams are just random neural sig your neurons are just randomly firing i'm like why would that be the case (laughs) <laughs> like right. why why would you think that dreams don't mean anything how could you think that they don't mean anything it's mind-blowing to me that anyone would just write it off that way right I mean, the very the very fact that meaning exists period in the universe because meaning does exist i'm making sounds right now with language putting words together um that you can understand so meaning exists so I, to me, I sort of naturally, I don't know if this is exactly sound philosophical reasoning or not, but I, I infer from that that, um, that everything is meaningful in the universe because meaning exists. I mean, maybe there's some things that are meaningless, but I don't know. I mean, anyway, so I believe that dreams definitely have a meaning and that so we're under the assumption that we're working with the subconscious and that everything has meaning. So I love that you're already asking yourself, what does this mean? And you're beginning to interpret your dreams. And I'm sorry, I'm kind of taking us off onto a side conversation now. So I know that you <laughs> probably had another place you were going with this. Feel, <laughs> no, feel no, free I, to not I get like sidetracked the... if you want. <laughs> but, but I think this is also like something that's... Um, like a really uh, sort of mainstream conversation in terms of dreaming, as people are always saying, what do they mean? What do they mean? And wanting to interpret those. So feel free to come back to that if you want. But I just wanted to touch on it quickly because I feel like that's just such a... Absolutely. You know, no, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's dive in. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all you got to do is get me excited. And, you know, I won't shut up. But uh... <laughs> no, go, no, go for it. So anyway, wherever you were going, I don't let me interrupt that. I'm sorry, I sort of already did, but no. carry on on your current trajectory. Uh, well, um, well, I, I, I want to address that um, that what you said about that the the universe that meaning exists inherently in the universe. Um, I would say that it has to do with something that Alan Watts talks about, um, the late philosopher Alan Watts, who um, he talks about the the idea that consciousness as we call it consciousness um which is a essentially a, a metacognition or an experience of this reality and our our reality paradigm is based on the i and i don't mean um visual mm-hmm. i i mean i mean the letter i meaning me mm-hmm. um anything that is conscious is simply experiencing at some level, 
you know, on, on some sliding scale between being a rock and being a super conscious, you know, being, godlike being, um, they're experiencing the I. I am experiencing this. Right. And that's it. That's all that's going on. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the time. And further, furthermore, uh, the, the sun, which is another concept he talks about, the sun is only bright and light only exists if there is an I to see it. An Perceiver. E-Y-E. Exactly, perceiver. Gotcha. And, you know, e- even the skin can be an eye, uh, you know, it can be a, a perception device, even whatever the, the, um, yeah. your sense organs, but that, that, that's, that's the deal is that they're, you know, a sound doesn't exist. Unless exactly. They're, that's they're the tree bo- fault. The age old, does the tree make a sound in the forest when it falls if there's no one there to hear it? Exactly. You know, it's that exact thing. Exactly. The answer is, of course, no, it doesn't make a sound. Exactly. But it does make a vibration, and mm-hmm. and that's sort of the um, that's the key to getting your fingernails under under what it means to be conscious. So meaning only exists because we exist. So we we are simultaneously perceiving and creating every bit of meaning that does and has ever and will ever because it's all the same thing exist in the universe. Oh my without, god! Without without <laughs> us, it's meaningless with us it's infinitely meaningful this just overwhelms me so much <laughs> like this no it's amazing but i mean and i i'm ner- nerd out on this stuff all the time too um yeah. but i still i do find it's like it's almost like it's too big for my head you know i'm like whoa i get it but um yeah, yeah it's hard to hold on to even being conscious of everything that you just said like understanding that you know an existing going around like your everyday life walking around um with a sort of um awareness that this is what we're doing that we're creating and perceiving and 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 at the same time absolutely oh and that's that's um that's a biological advantage yeah you can't function (laughs) i'm telling you right now you cannot function very well if you're constantly um well, at least I can't. I shouldn't speak for everyone else. But if you're constantly aware of that, um, right. you know, it's actually, that's been a challenge for me. Um, that's a whole other conversation. But um, yeah, so we're, we're sort of, I, I believe that the way things are set up, you know, we're sort of meant, we are created biologically to be as we are. We're not meant to be going through our lives, making a cup of coffee you know, with like this expanded existential consciousness at all times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Aldous Huxley um, talks about that in Doors of Perception, how, um, which is uh, written on, on the psychedelic experience. Mm-hmm. But uh, fundamentally, uh, there's, there's this really important takeaway that also relates to dreaming and consciousness in general, which is that um, he, he, the way he puts it, conscious beings are we're essentially radio dials right so we're we're just tuning into the frequencies that we need to do what we need to do and um, we have these flood valves that um, are taking in input from our senses and um, whether there be five or more than five is uh, you know I I, I won't go into that because I only say things that are rooted in science but are with our senses and um and we, we filter out, our brains filter out what we don't need to eat, 
you know, to hunt and to procreate and to ensure the uh, the evolution of our species so that um, so that we can adapt to our environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be foolish to sit there and um, be anywhere in between being an animal and being a god because um, to be an animal means essentially to be the vessel for for whatever all this and when I say God I I know that's kind of a hot word you can call it you know source or or simply just like the energy that pervades the universe Um, and um, that doesn't have to have any kind of religious context it doesn't have to have any kind of uh, um, bias or anything but it does um, it does go that's that's its job movement is is the job of this energy it 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 animates matter animate um, coming from the the anima meaning soul so it, it gives soul to to animate creatures and um, and when they're they're given this ability to think they need to be able to um, you know to exist that's that's their job is to exist so the that energy, that divine energy, its job is to move, and the energy of this uh, creature, of an organism, is to simply exist, to to be a storehouse for, and uh, or to be a storehouse for the moving energy that's moving through it, and um, that's just simply the paradigm in which we exist. There, you don't have to say that um, it's a purpose necessarily, or a um, that there's a, a some kind of divine reason. The divine reason is just the fact that it exists. Mm-hmm. That's the way that it goes. It's like a law of physics that um, the organism must exist and the energy must flow because that's that's the way it, that it works. And so for the for the animal, if you're thinking about God and doing all these kinds of things, you're not going to eat that day. You know, if you if, if you know that um, that right say the, uh, <laughs> the, the sleeping yeah. pa- patterns. I'd say, say you're a, a lion and you're you're on the hunt, and um, suddenly comes to you. Um, the information that Aldous Huxley says is available to every um, radio dial, being an organism um, in the universe, that all this knowledge is is, um, is uh, available for consumption. If we if we if we could just turn off the flood valves, um, if you're a lion, the sleeping patterns of, a, of an emperor penguin <laughs> is going to help you get that food, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so so. That's where we are as as people. We're the closest thing that at least that we've studied in science as far as evolution um, thus far to to be uh, you know we've developed our frontal cortex in a way that allows us to have the most metacognition um, and sort of like the the deepest thoughts um, if you want to call them such of of any creature thus far and that is also kind of our self destruct button you know that's uh, oh yeah the same time. brain. Yeah, the same brain that's responsible for um, genius and for um, for the concept of God and all these things is also responsible for the atomic bomb. Yeah. You know? um, so, so, uh, so I, I I think it's apt what you said about you know making the coffee and and it it not being you know something that that is worthwhile in yeah. in, in in some sense. We're like here for, to or the task. Yeah, we're here to experience the task or the we're here to have the experience, not just to think about it all the time or you know, it's good to question it and it's good to think about it. Um but 
a conclusion that I've sort of come to after my own existential crises, and there have been a few of them, is that I'm not meant to understand it all. <laughs> I'm kind of just meant to be, ex- I'm in it, I'm because ex- I can't understand it all, and I'm, I'm, I'm in it, I'm having the experience. And so um, while it's good to step back and, and think about that sometimes, there's a big part of, of life is just being in it, you know, right. being in yeah. the story. Um, that said, you know, it's uh, being lucid in the story <laughs> is also <laughs> nice. You're able to experience the story and to create the story. Um, right. Yeah. 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 And uh, the fact the fact of the matter is that uh, life, th- this experience of consciousness, this this um, dreaming the eye, it's it's play. Everything is play. Why do you? Why do we do the things that we do? It it really comes down to what we were doing as kids when we were essentially closer to popping into existence. You know, closer to that source, closer to to, mm-hmm. to following your bliss. You know, in Joseph Campbell's words, or what have you. Um, the point is play. Everything we do is for play. Even even when it comes down to the things that we don't do for play, we're doing them for play. Right. Um. So, uh, and. For the sake of time, I won't get into examples or anything, but that's a, I, I, that's important to remember because if you are thinking, oh no, I don't yet understand the, the nature of consciousness or or of God or of these things that I can't possibly know, or or you know, you look at um, this one always gets me when I I stare up into space and I try to get in my mind to some star and try to you know check out the star system in my mind, like think try to conceptualize how far away it is and, and how, how small I am if something you know, in that star system could be doing the same thing and looking at me, that kind of thing. And you're staring and I'm just like, ah, oh, like, <laughs> it makes you feel almost nauseous. Like, yeah, oh. your head hurts. Yeah. yeah. And so it, um, what I say in moments like that is if you're not doing it for play, then, then <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> you know, just, That's incredible oh. advice. That's incredible advice. Uh, wow, I'm gonna um, make sure that I remember that. I should write that down. When I, well, I will when I go back through this episode. Perfect. That's amazing. Hmm. Um, I guess this would be a good time to talk about the insight. Kind of skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. Back. Um, Take us where you will. Cool. So, um, so first of all, the. Um, you know, so as all the talks I was saying, you know, these, you can undo your flood, your flood valves. Um, he was talking about with the use of, uh, psychedelic medicines or drugs. And, um, and one can also do it with, with dreams. So there's this sort of, um, mystique involving dreams that's, um, that science has either not caught up to yet or is, you know, um, or, or, or perhaps it's it's all an illusion, but hey, so is everything. So, <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> and it's the idea that um, you can receive messages from um, whatever this fabric of reality is, is built upon, where there is information out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping in mind, you know, that fractal nature of the universe that we're talking about, where everything out there is also in every single cell that, that is. You know that's that that's that's the idea anyway, is that um, you know information. Where is information held? Um, you could say, oh, it's in a book or whatever, but but that's not where the information is. You like if you read a book, um, 
somebody had a thought in their Whoa. brain and Whoa. then scribbled some <laughs> images on a page, right? Yeah, and then you you open it up and suddenly, yo, you understand. Whoa. So where is it? Right? Symbol, everything. So these are all just symbols that exactly. we use to communicate information. Exactly. And the information is, you know, space um, in in. Holy shit! In, in quantum theory, we're yeah. We're really <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that this, uh, yeah. this reality is a hologram, um, yeah. and that space Holy doesn't crap. space only exists to differentiate things. It's sort of an ontological separation of things. Just like um, when I look out my window, I see a bunch of trees, and I say, okay, they're all the same because they're trees, but they're all different because why? Oh, because they're in different spatial locations. And so everything's existing at the same time and at the same in the same place, but we differentiate things because our paradigm says that we can only be in one place yeah. at one time, and yeah. that's it's simply our paradigm. That's that is the experience of I um, manifesting itself in daily life, um, and so it's nothing to 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 be like oh so this is not real like I can jump off a bridge or whatever. It's like oh no, careful man, you know. <laughs> Because you're existing in the paradigm of one place at one time, um, and and that's it's in the same way that you know the animal has the purpose to exist and the energy has the purpose to move. Um, there's, it's not like uh, we have to be here, or we have to do anything, but we are. We we are existing in that paradigm. But there's so much more, you know, and um, it's obvious that that's happening when you realize when you ask yourself the question, oh, where is this information stored? And so it's around. It's around, <laughs> you know. Um, and um, to be able to access it in your in your unconscious mind, um, people have a hard time, particularly in the West, wrapping their mind around the idea that something um, outside of you would come to you and deliver you a message. But um, that's solved with um, sort of the the quantum idea that uh, that inside of your brain, you know, inside of your experience um all that all that is that um that information or that um like the the fabric that that we can't see that is um the things that we think the imagination and when we have a a conversation how we can manifest the same ideas in our brain or the same visual imagery whatever that is wherever if you want to talk about it in space terms wherever that is is also in in everything it's it's within everything Sure. It's all pervasive, and so, um, so in that sense, your brain has access. If you can, if you can train it to undo those flood valves, um, to to gather insight that is anywhere in the universe or anywhere in time, and gather that insight and deliver it to a message in a, as a message to your frontal cortex, so that you can say that you, um, who you're imagining is separate from everything else, um, just receive this great message. And you wake up and, and you've received insight. Um, right. And so for our paradigm, suddenly um, it seems that that has popped into existence, at, that, at, like it wasn't in existence before, and suddenly new insight has popped into existence. But actually it's always there. It's just that it wasn't you know, right there for you to, um, to be speaking it before. Sure. That's, that's the only thing. And so... Um, there's a, a famous example of this, um, which uh, I, I love. Cormac McCarthy, uh, in, in an interview he had with Oprah, one of the rare times that he was interviewed, um, he talks about 
uh, insights coming to to people in their dreams. And uh, so Kakuli's benzene ring he talks about, um, where um, Kakuli was trying to think of what is the molecular structure, what does this structure look like of benzene? And he was thinking about it and, and couldn't come up with it, and it was, it was bothering him. And he went to sleep, and he dreamed of uh, Eurobarus, you know, the snake eating its tail. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is in a, a ring shape. And um, he dreamed that very clearly, and when he awoke, he realized, oh, benzene is a ring. It's a molecular ring. Um, wow. and, uh, yeah, and, and he talks about how, well, why, uh, if, you're, if your unconscious brain knew that, then why not just tell you? And um, what McCormick McCarthy says is that it may have something to do with the fact that the subconscious is older than language. Right, because language is just a symbol. And so it's a symbol of something bigger than, you know, than it. Right, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then it's in the, you know, language is in the frontal lobe, which um, evolved far later than, and I mean, it's very recent, super, super recently in the evolutionary scheme of things. And so, um, so why would, <laughs> why would it, how, how, how would it use language if that's the very thing that you're kind of shutting off and saying, uh, uh, hey, I need, I need to learn something. So, so what's, what's talking to you? And it may be that it's your, your um, lower brains, you know, your mammalian brain, your lizard brain, your reptile brain. The farther back you get towards your, your, your brainstem, you have these more fundamental um, thoughts, if you want to call them thoughts, um, that are these basically like these impulses. But that's also where things are stored that you uh, through evolution. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a history book in your in your skull. It's a type of consciousness, but it's not. You're not. It's not really like it's. It's more feeling or, you know, impressions that you receive. It's a lot of things that go on under under the sub. It's subconscious, but it's still right. a part of your conscious experience that you just might not be very aware of or that we aren't very aware of. Um, well, well or, remember that, that this, this definition of, of consciousness as, as we're talking about it, um, or as I'm talking about it, um, is, is this experience of I. Um, so, okay. so that's why it's called the subconscious because, because the con- it, it, it's the thing that gives messages, the impulses that give messages to the 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 conscious mind but but you're right i mean it's all one system it all works together it's all sort of one flowing flowing system but um but but that's also the thing is um it wouldn't use language it would use archetypes exactly that's and what i was trying to say yeah. without being without articulating it very well is that these yeah. archetypes are sort of bigger you can't cram them into language in their entirety you know it's it's a yeah. bigger experience of these archetypes. I mean, you can communicate what they mean through language, but there's more to be experienced um, yeah. that can yeah, just like, be put into language. Yeah, I like the way you put that. It's a bigger experience. For sure. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Go me. So, <laughs> so um, you know, for, for me, the way that insight has come to me, I've, I've written songs um, and I like to play with with um, musical ideas um, in my dreams, um, and I can come out and and sometimes it's harder to remember than others. But when I'm following 
my lucid practice and the practice of lucidity is a practice like anything else. Um, I find that I, I can write that I can remember them very clearly and write them down and, and record them just as they were in my dream. And that's a, that's a really, um, freeing feeling because it feels like it's something more, uh, more your own or more divine or more, more something, you know, because, because mm-hmm. you're working on it with all of your attention on this thing in this sort of meditative experience, almost in a different location or a different time or a different, um, well, a different paradigm. Yeah, you're able to, it's like looking at the forest instead of the trees. You're not in it, you can see it. Um, yeah. And I wanted to yep. ask you about um, about that because I was very impressed when you were recounting your dream earlier about being in the canyon and with the elf guy that stole your shoes and you remembered so much. And uh, I actually remember my dreams pretty well, but if I don't, you know, if I don't say anything about them, as soon as I wake up, they fade very quickly. And so the journaling, I'm assuming, is the process by which you are able to solidify these memories. Is that right? Or yeah. do you just naturally um, remember them? Well, I, I, I didn't write that one down. You um, just remembered all of that. Wow. Yeah, well, but that's the thing. Is it's, also, it's like a muscle. So when I, okay. when I first started this... Um, like really taking my, my journaling seriously, I, I realized, okay, I'm going to have to write down my dreams every, every day to get in touch with my subconscious so that I have this accurate um, uh, sort of novella of, of the life of my consciousness over a year, a year's time. I ended up doing it for more just because it was so, um, I, I ended up doing it for a few years, I've hundreds of pages now um, because it, it ha- did help me so much. Um, and I remember sitting down and thinking, I didn't dream last night. I can't, for the life of me, think that or remember my dream. But I decided um, that it was time. You know, I was taking my year off. I was, I, I had the time, and um, and if I wasn't going to take this seriously, then you know, then who was I kidding, kind of thing. So I sat there and I said, I'm not going to leave this chair until I write down my dream from last night. So I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm kind of meditating, I'm just trying to get back in that headspace, whatever it is. And then, yeah, you know when you can see you have like an eye, eyelash or a hair that's so close to your eye that you can't see, you know, you have no depth to see where it is, and so you're reaching for it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and you're, and you're just trying to, trying to hold on to it, but it looks like it could, it could be anywhere. And so you're, you're, you're searching, you're searching, but you know it's there. Well, I started feeling that with the dream memory. And um, finally, I, I sort of found it. Um, with my metaphysical fingers, if you will. And I, <laughs> I start, yes. <laughs> I start tugging this little memory, this little, this little golden sunlit memory out of my brain. And as I'm doing so, it just keeps coming. And so I, I, I get excited and I start writing. And, um, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm at a, I'm at a party with, with um, you know, these people. And I'm like, oh, and so-and-so is also there. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, my grandma was there, but she's been deceased forever. And I'm pulling out this, this, this memory. And you know, it's like a, it's like a pulling the thread, pulling the thread, yeah. pulling the thread. And suddenly, you know, you, oh my God, this is, and you're pulling out a sweater, you know, it's like <laughs> the, whole, the whole sweater with intricate designs wow. and you're pulling this thing out of your, out of your head. And I remember it was like, um, like two, two, like a two page dream that was just full of detail and all these things. And I remember sitting there and, and thinking, I, I, I had just thought that I didn't have a dream. And it turns out I had an incredibly insightful dream with, that that I can remember and and all that stuff. It's just that we um, we can't find sort of where it is in our brain, where that muscle is. It's kind of like your PC muscles, 
where when you first start um, like trying to find them and and um, uh, like utilizing them, it's like where are they? It's 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 this weird feeling, and then you start um, you know if, if you if you strengthen them, then you can find them and then they can they can be strong and all these kinds of things. And so it's the same thing with dream memory. Is when you start strengthening that feeling of pulling you know pulling that thread out of your brain that dream thread you you start understanding in a sense where where it is in your brain and you get more accurate at at pulling out those memories and then also um so let's talk technical and practical yes Uh, like how do we do this (laughs) cool yeah so so then the dream journal becomes really important because of that um uh, because of ex- that exercises that muscle and the stronger that that muscle is the stronger your awareness will be of dreaming when you're dreaming uh, the dream and you go oh I see I'm 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 asleep right now I'm dreaming therefore I can do anything and that that is how the lucid dream begins um, and what I do a, a little tip for me is I don't just wait until the morning and try to remember it and write it down because so much is lost, um, especially in, I have, I generally have really impactful dreams when I, right before I wake up the first time around like, uh, you know, three or four in the morning mm. and, and then I'll go back to sleep and then I'll wake up in the morning and that going back to sleep kind of uh, seems to erase it or bury whatever message was happening before that. And so what I do is I just keep my, my phone by my bed on airplane mode, um, on, on record mode, and I just, I just roll over um, any time during the night that I have a, a dream, and I just roll over and I, I click record, I speak everything that I can remember about mm-hmm. the dream into the phone, and it usually sounds something like this, because right. you know, I'm, so, I'm so sleepy, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter, and then, and then I wake up in the morning and it's like, oh shit, I didn't, I didn't even remember having you know, four dreams. And I'll listen to to them, and and instantly, as I hear myself start talking about them, boom, the dream is right I back remember. up in my consciousness. And I Amazing. sit down and I, I write them out that way. Amazing. Um, yeah. So that's that's been really good for me. That that helped my dream journal become um, more readable. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my writing actually started getting better while I was writing the journal, just because I was doing a lot of it, you know, and uh, being able to write it in an entertaining way. So then. Then now when I go back and I, I check out what my subconscious w- was up to, at least um, it's not dry, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so being aware is the next thing I want to talk about. Being aware in daily life means being aware in in dreaming and sleeping sleep dreaming life. Um, so to constantly uh, ask yourself, "Am I in a dream? How do you know?" and um, eventually you'll start getting good at differentiating between um, what a dream feels like and what reality feels like. But oftentimes we'll be in a dream and um, I, I've had many of these dreams where I'll be like, am I dreaming right now? No. And then I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, damn it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're like, uh, shit, I was dreaming. Yeah. yeah. And so um, it's important to be like, to be very, to make sure you have a very, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, Basically, just put a lot of attention into that thought, even if it's just for a, a brief second. So, you know, you're walking to work and you say, am I dreaming? How do I know? And you look around. What I do is I'll, like, tongue the roof of my mouth mm. and I'll, I'll reach for my hands. I'll look at, at my palms, the palms of my hands, and I'll take a, a big deep breath. 
And those three things for me are, um, are what let me know if I'm in a dream or not. The big thing is looking at your hands. Because if you are in a dream, so whether you realize you're lucid um, or, if, or before you've realized it and you're able to look at your hands, the hands are very important because what you've just done by looking at your hands um, is you know, con- consider the fact that we are mostly based on our visual sense. Right. The occipital lobe is so, so strong and it's sending signals to the, to the rest of the brain that it's um, very important. And so basically a dream is, is primarily visual when you go into it. And um, by looking at your hands, you've just manifested something new into the dream that didn't exist before. I see. Yeah. So, yeah. so when you look at that, so you, you've already just empowered yourself by looking at your hands. So that's, that's a nice, easy one. Um, and, and so wait, you can tell that you're dreaming. Like, is that, that's a, um, I'm sorry. I'm actually just a little confused. So when you're, when you're dreaming and you're doing, it's like a lucidity test sort of. So you're, how can you tell though, if you're looking at your hands, is it that you wouldn't be able to see as much detail on them if you're dreaming or, um, maybe I'm misunderstanding. it's, It's just a different experience. What, what I, what I do, so since I know how to fly in dreams, I'll sometimes in waking life, I'll just do that. I'll just fly. Um, and if, if I don't get, get off the ground, then I know I'm not dreaming. But, wow, that's an awesome <laughs> test. That's an that's, awesome test. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but first, you have to be able to take baby steps towards that. Because if you don't know how to, how to fly, then, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a step-by-step process. So right. um, for me, looking at my hands in waking life, is a different experience than in dreaming life okay. because, um, like you said, you know, there's there's more detail. But you'll in a dream you'll make the detail if you if you stare at it long enough. Right. Um, but there's this thing uh, um, with stability when you when you focus on something really strongly in a dream, you'll go into that thing. That thing will become the dream. And so it's like um, in my dream uh, that I mentioned with the elf it's true. guy. True. Yeah. Then it became all about him. Yeah, well, and, yeah. and you remember the shoes where all the shoes looked the same, but they were different, and I couldn't tell which one. Like, I, I, I remember putting my feet in the two and realizing that I was wearing one, one person's shoe on my left and one, another person's shoe on my right, and things like that. It's like when you start looking, you, it, starts, um, it becomes unstable, and um, that's, that's, for example, why you can't read in your dreams. You might be you able to look at You can't read in dreams? Oh, no, you can't. Try I that. didn't I didn't know that. I've never yeah. thought about it before. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It's almost like as soon as you focus on anything, it becomes a new rabbit hole that you go down. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um you you can see specific words, but you can't you can't read a sentence. It'll become unintelligible. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um so then through this this process of awareness, because that's all that it is to to be lucid in a dream, you just have to think about lucidity in daily life um, as as much as you can, as as many times a day as you possibly can. Just ask yourself, "Am I dreaming?" And how do I know? Try to read something. Try to focus. You know, um, lick the the top of your mouth. Make sure mm. that the taste is complex enough. The the way that the way that you know this life is. Um, and eventually, whether it's, it might be tonight, you know, listeners of, of this podcast, sometimes uh, just, just uh, the, like the first time that a person talks about it, 
they'll have a lucid dream that night. Or it might take a week, or it might take a month, or it might take a, a long time. But um, every, you know, everybody's different. But when it happens, it'll be very clear, and it gets to be extremely addicting because not only is it a blast, but it's also very healing and um, insightful, and and all these things, and and powerful. You just feel you feel whole when you're when you're lucid dreaming. Yes. So then, once you're in the dream. Um, and you realize you're lucid. Uh, we need to talk about stabilization, which is which is key because um, essentially what you're doing is you you lucid dream you dream in REM sleep, which is between um, being awake and being in deep sleep, which is that nice delicious molassesy darkness that we heal our bodies in but molasses um, darkness <laughs> that's guy. awesome i love that i like that one it's a good one um where you know that that's where our body heals and our mind is less active and so um that sleeping mode that dreaming mode there's a little scale if you want to think about it there um so beneath it is the the that darkness where you're where you can no longer dream and above you is being awake waking up from your dream and in that sweet spot is a sliding scale between um, being super asleep and, and all the way awake. And the, um, when you realize that you're lucid, you get closer to waking up. And so, um, and therefore you have more faculties, more of your, more of your mental faculties about you. And, um, but you have to be careful because if you excite yourself too much you'll fly up through that threshold and enter and and wake up from the dream so I remember my first lucid dream that I I had when I started actually taking my practice seriously because I used to lucid dream when I was a kid but I didn't know what it was called or anything and then um, I I got involved in public school and the system that that doesn't talk about dreams ever and um, and just forgot about it I forgot how to do it I wasn't thinking about it and then um, I started streaming practice, and the I decided that I was going to be I was going to have a lucid dream, and I thought, okay, what am I going to do in my first lucid dream? And for whatever reason, you know, because I'm a boy and I used to play, um, you know, games as 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 a kid where I imagined that I could you know shoot fire or whatever it was, um, I had this idea that I was going to shoot a fireball from my hand. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's awesome. It's <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. And so I found myself in a, a movie theater. I was watching this film, and there wasn't anybody else in the theater except for one person next to me. It was a, a friend of mine. And I looked over at him, and I asked him a question, but he didn't reply to me. And I thought, that's strange that he didn't reply to me. Like, kind of, you know, what's what's gotten up his skirt? Right. And... and uh it was that thought that it was just a, that little questioning thought that was like, well, he's not usually like this, that all of a sudden I just knew that I was dreaming. And I, I stood up and I got so excited. I was like, okay, all right, here I am, here I am, I'm going to do this. And I walked out into the, into the alleyway, I mean the, um, the aisle of the movie theater, and I put my hands into the, uh, you know, shoot fire position, <laughs> and I wasn't really sure <laughs> what, what to do, you know, but... But I, I just imagined it, and I said, fire, you know, just, I just yelled it. And um, as soon as I did so, the, the lights, you know, they keep on, on so dim that they're basically off um, in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Those were lining the walls, 
and all of them burst into flames, and the Holy whole building went up God. in this enormous explosion that shot me out of the dream. Holy and, crap. <laughs> I woke up laughing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and that was a very important lesson because um, you can't get too excited too quickly. Um, the energy with which you, you know, which, what, what, what we might call magic, uh, which allows you to fly and allows you to manipulate your dreams, is um, it's a, there's a delicate balance. And first, you have to learn to stabilize yourself. So some stabilization techniques are um, to really root yourself in it, like give yourself a little bit of time, you know, take a, take a deep breath, look around your surroundings. Um, one, of, one, of the, one of the things is to, to turn in a circle so that you see 360 degrees around you, maybe even turn in a few circles. It, um, it helps stabilize the concept of, of where you are. And um, of course, when you turn around in a dream, you're creating, a, a, like what, what exists behind you when you turn around did not exist before wow. when you dream. So, wow. so you really oh are my gosh. Yeah, so with that simple thing, it's a very calm way to manifest a lot of, a lot of information at once, and therefore you root yourself in the dream. And then, besides that, you are confu- or you're um, you're strengthening your body's idea that um, that your motor cortex is working for you, even though your motor cortex um, in waking life has been arrested, so that um, if you have a dream um, where you're walking around, you don't get up out of bed and walk around. Um, but but you you have the concept of your motor cortex and, and the way that gravity is and the way that, that things are. And so you're, of course, manifesting all of these things um, and therefore you're stabilizing the dream. So once you're stable, um, you can start doing whatever you like, which is a blast, and that's up to everybody to, to figure out how they want to do that. Um, and I'd like to just make sure that I, I don't leave today without talking about a couple of my favorites. Sure. Um, yeah. And and just to interject, I'm going to totally put you on the spot right here. I'd love to have you back on um, if you'd be up for that to kind of talk about um, some other elements of stuff we didn't get to because I've just enjoyed this conversation so much. But yes, do go on. But if there's anything else that you <laughs> anything else that you didn't get get a chance to get to today, because I know you've got somewhere to be. If you're up for it, I'd love to have you back at any point. So All right. yeah, invitation let's, let's stands. We can do a part two. So All right, yeah, let's 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 do it part two. Um But yeah, feel free to carry on and continue with whatever you wanted to just express right now. I know I do know you've got somewhere to be, but Yeah, yeah, sure. Well thank you. Thank you for that. And um yeah, I could definitely um I'd be delighted to, to thank come you. Back on Woohoo, because this has been so much fun. Cool. Um, so I guess uh, I, I do want to end with uh, maybe maybe I'll just end with how to fly, and then yes. for, the next, for for part two we can talk about you know how to heal trauma. Yeah, that's the from, big thing from past experiences. Get to know yourself, be a happier person. Um, how to teleport? What it's like <laughs> to meditate inside of a dream? Yes. Uh, oh, hey, there's so much. I just I, I know the the healing tra- the healing trauma is a big thing. So I think that's like the big thing I wanted to get to for for part two. But right. um, yeah, but for now, yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to hear about this flying business because I've right. flown in dreams before too, but I've never been lucid when I did it. Mm. Um, isn't that ironic? <laughs> you're flying around. And you're like, I think it's normal, <laughs> right? Yeah, I've flown yeah, in dreams that. many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, my trick, and I, I, and I've read lots of books on the topic and whatnot, but um, I haven't. Uh, read anywhere 
this particular strategy and it it is my like my my key to it if i didn't know how to do this i don't know if i would know how to do it so i i think it should be known by everybody um personally because it's a blast you know but uh so that feeling that you get when you're say say you're on a roller coaster or when you're on a plane and you drop in altitude yes and, yeah and you, you get that weightless feeling that yes. like goes up from your from your crotch and and makes your stomach <laughs> you know it's like a yeah, it's like this. It's like butterflies are flying up from your your pelvis to your chest, kind of thing, and and affecting everything in between, um, and and that feeling you get in your in your head as well, that weightless feeling of dropping. Well, that's crucial. That's crucial to understanding and to just um, you know today just have a meditation on what what that feels like. Try to try to tap into what that feels like, because for me that that is my harness to to light. So when I first started. Um, lucid dreaming again after you know having all those flying dreams as a kid and then I assumed that it would just be really easy and I could start doing it but I realized that I was lucid I looked at my hands I was got excited I knew that I was dreaming and I thought I'm gonna fly from here to there and I started trying to fly but it wasn't working I was jumping and I was I wasn't making any progress I just kept hitting going back onto the ground and a couple of times I would jump higher than usual but I would end up landing on the on the ground again and um so I thought, this is the wrong approach, right? Because every time you jump, you're actually thinking down. And in waking life, you have to because you're thinking, all, I want all of my energy to, um, to go towards the floor. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction, mm-hmm. and I shoot up into the sky, right? But in the, in the dreaming world, um, there are so many more variables than that. You control your own laws of physics. And so this thought that I was having that I didn't realize that I was having because I was jumping like normal is that my energy was going down. I was saying, I was actually telling my dream down. And so I was telling the dream that gravity existed, right? That I'm, I'm pushing off against a force. Right, you believe in gravity, me. just the exactly. fact that you're jumping. Yeah, because every time I've, I've flown in dreams, I just kind of just go. Like, I just move up. I don't jump. I right. don't launch myself. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, what I do is I, I imagine that feeling of, of uh, being pulled, or of, of dropping, of falling, and all of your organs, that's the feeling of all of your organs pulling up on you, going up while, while, while you're falling down. It's, it's like being weightless, no longer being affected by gravity is what right. that feeling is, right? Yes. And so you tap into that, and immediately you just, you just go in the direction that you, that you want to go, and you just imagine that you're falling in, or you know you tap into that feeling of falling, and that is like this um, this harness that has all of your insides and is pulling you from the inside out uh, to wherever you're going. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I know you've got to be out, but um, flying just is there like a metaphorical other than are you just saying it's great to do because it's fun or do you believe there's any sort of like greater metaphor for that um for wanting to experience that in in the dream state or how that relates to waking life oh i just think it's a it's a human dream you know that yeah we we, we look up at the birds and we go damn it <laughs> you just, just want to be there yeah and it's it's freedom is what it is and that's what we once once a um creature starts thinking about where it is or what it is or, or anything like that, any kind of metacognition whatsoever, um, freedom becomes a very important 
important thing. It's important to human beings, and flying is kind of like the action of freedom. Like, you know, fly fly out of the cage type of thing. I, I think it's an archetype in and of itself. Yeah, that's I, I would agree with you on that. Mm. So, so Dallas, before you go, um, if you had a message to share with others um, based on the wisdom that you've gained so far in this lifetime, what would that be? Just to leave leave everybody with a little something. Hmm. Loneliness is in your head. Love is in your heart. Happiness is in your hands. I love that. That's really beautiful. Thank you. So uh, without further ado, then, I'm going to, since Dallas is a, an incredible musician, we're going to play you off here with his song Reflection, which is from his brand new record, In Case It Rains. Buy it on Bandcamp or iTunes. It's on Spotify, too, but, you know, we always recommend that you support <laughs> the artist and, and purchase it. Um, I actually haven't bought it yet because I messed up my iTunes password. So I have been streaming it on Spotify, but I'm going to buy it because uh, <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. So we're going to play you off here with Reflection. Oh, thank, you. thank you so much, Dallas. What's your website? Where can people find you? Um, right now, I'm just running through Facebook and Bandcamp as my okay. main things. Um, I'm, <laughs> we'll, we'll call that question pending while okay, I'm work, great. working out my website. <laughs> I'll make sure to put a, I'll put a link um, on everydayseeker.net to Dallas's music um, and to his, his Facebook and everything. And um, stay tuned for part two because a big part of the conversation that we didn't get a chance to get to today is how we can heal um, trauma and become happier uh, through, you know, using our dreams essentially, to help our consciousness evolve that way um, and heal ourselves, heal our hearts. So thank you so much, Dallas. I had a blast talking to you this morning. <laughs> yeah, uh, you just awesome. are you. such an impressive young human, and I'm stoked to know you, and I hope you have a great time at yoga today, and <laughs> hopefully I'll speak with you real soon. All right. Well, All right. yeah, it was a blast. Thanks so much for having me on the show, and um, yeah, it was it's, this, this is what I love talking about. Come so on I'm, back anytime. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, Dallas. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Bye. Shining
hold this folded moment to my brain So I can see the sun again